of uh, yeah of just things that are that are going on and um, it's you know if we if I tend to look at it from my point of view then yeah I do get pulled in and, and sort of conflicted and reactive and why isn't it because of this and why why should why shouldn't this be that way and, and so forth but um, sort of step back and looking at it from the bigger picture looking at it from my last point of view then you sort of think about well yeah I don't really matter <laughs> and it's just yeah it just is what it is yeah We matter so little that space just you know, decided yeah. to walk off. <laughs> that's, that's a good confirmation, isn't it, Mui? <laughs> it's good timing, yeah. That was, that was really good timing, Shay. <laughs> oh, what happened? Al Amin was talking about how much you, he doesn't matter and you walked out. <laughs> well, that's because Faisal's here. Yeah. Salam Faisal. Salam Faisal. Um, I was just, yeah, I was just saying in 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 respect to, um, yeah, what you were just saying, uh, Shake. That when I look at when I look at things, my past week, how if I look at it from you know the small eye, then yeah, I get sort of can get a bit reactive, and I have been a bit reactive, and I'm saying why aren't people looking at it from my point of view, and why isn't it, why shouldn't this be that way, or, or et cetera, et cetera. But if you sort of step back and look at it from you know, a last point of view or more of a macro, then um, then you can see that, yeah, it's just this sort of Allah's doing his thing and, you know, there's a variety of different experiences and people's wants and needs and um, you can't really, not that you can't, but you can't get too immersed in looking at it from your point of view. Yeah. Had you, have you finished reading that book on how to change people's minds? Yeah, I'm reading it the second time, actually. Yeah, I've read it once, and now I'm going it through the second time. So, yeah. yeah. Is it helpful? Yeah, it is. It is, because it's it's it, from the sense of sometimes going in of um, saying, well, you know, uh, what can I do? Maybe I can do this, or maybe I can do that to try and change things. It's, it's more or less just stepping back and... Um, one of the one of the things which you know you're aware is that reducing the barriers, reducing obstacles, um, and yeah, it's it's more it's a very sort of Sufi sort of way as compared to creating obstacles, um, reducing obstacles, and and allowing um, yeah allowing people to to change their own mind rather than you trying to change their mind. Yeah, because as soon as you try and change somebody's mind purposely they will confront you yes they will yep. defend themselves because mm. they they have made up their mind and they have a right to that yeah yeah and i think for me it was it was a bit of a lesson this week <laughs> with with my daughter serafina and then you know i was trying telling trying to what lisa and i are trying to get it encouraged to clean her own room and doing things around the house and really finding out that by me being direct with her by telling her to do things there's a you know a reaction I mean she'll do it but there's a sort of a bit of an unpleasantness and a bit of a pushback bit of a pushback so 
looked like, you know, I sort of, uh, I, I said to Lisa the other night, I said, I don't think di- being direct works with her. So I've got to find another way to, to try and, you know, manage that. And, um, yeah, and I think that that sort of plays itself out in the, in the world with, all the time. <laughs> with people. Yeah. All the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, in doing that, I think part of it is assessing the person themselves and how they perceive the world. And uh, some people will, will take a suggestion on and, and try it out because that's how they are. Some oh. people will dig their heels in and go, not in this lifetime. <laughs> uh, and then you have. No, we. Says Amelie. No, we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is what having children teaches you. Uh, first of all, each one has their own personality and their own way of seeing the world and their own way of interacting with the world. And your job is to figure out what is the lever I can use to move them. Mm. That yes. lever is sometimes you, you have to give the, the person, as you were talking about, the opportunity to make changes in their life for their own benefit, not for your benefit. Mm. It just serve them to do it for your benefit. I should clean my room because it makes you feel good. Not happy. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work that way. So you have to come up with other things and find what motivates that person. And then as, as a parent, what you're looking for also is what is the, uh, the fire in this person? Where does, where does that flame up that gives them a passion to, to go and investigate things? You know, uh, and it can be very changeable. And especially growing up, you're going to be wanting to look at different things. My son, for a long time, it was heavy machine, operating heavy machines. That was cool. So we'd go and look at bulldozers and trains and, and, and caterpillar things. And, you know, that was, that was awesome. And, And that's what he was into. Then it was flags of the world. Then it was languages. And then it was, Oh, it just kept changing. And just, just to, um, the lesson for me from that was when I was a teacher, I was with some other teachers when we were going on an excursion and uh, I, I was leading a whole bunch of a gaggle of students behind me. And the other teachers who were obviously much more experienced than me said, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm leading. She said, that, you don't do that. You walk behind them so you can see what's going on, which shifted my perspective of everything about teaching. And that was to allow the people to go wherever path that they want, but your job was to go, if they go get dangerous, you know, kind of bring them back gently and be able to watch what motivates them. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm. Okay. So the message that um, I'm trying to get across here is people really don't want you to tell them what to do. That's not your job. 
However, your job can be to observe them and learn from them. When you have a reaction, that's you. And therefore, you need to examine yourself. I don't like how you're doing that. That, that ticks me off. Mm. No, that's you. you. There's something about yourself that you don't like. So deal with it effectively, appropriately, and efficiently. Okay, other comments, anything else? What else do you want to get into? Yeah. So, uh, Shiv, I have a question. Um, I understand that uh, the whole philosophy you explained that uh, observe people, what is uh, their way, what motivates them, mm. and facilitate that they can learn from mm. that one and make their path. Uh, uh, so this overall looks uh, really good and applicable. And tell me when a team works together mm. uh, uh, for five people working towards the same goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one person is not, for example, behaving in a way which is helpful, uh, helpful for the whole yeah. team. So in that situation also, we have to actually, so uh, if I put this in this way, always we have to stay back and observe them or sometimes you have to lead them towards some goal. In that case, and you you know this from classroom work for a lot of people, you take them off to the side and you go, what's the problem here? Mm -hmm. And, you, you, and you, you have to learn how to listen to hear what they're saying because their words may not be the entire story. Right. You have to listen with your heart mm -hmm. and find out what's, what the problem is. You know, they may feel it could be all, you know, <laughs> all kinds of variables like uh, I don't feel I'm being given respect or I would I would I have a good idea, but you're not listening to me or I've got problems at home or, you know, yeah. I, I have a stomachache. You know, any it could be any of these things, but you need to take them aside and they need some special attention. OK, yeah. OK. In a corporate world, we tend to go for coffees quite a bit like that. There you go. Yeah. That's right. Correct. Yeah. And it does help, actually. Definitely. I did come across a problem where there, there was a guy who was actually, every morning, he's cranky when he comes to work. You ask him to do something, he just jumps at you, even though he reports to, you know, someone else. And later I found that he actually plays video games till early morning. So he's not actually personally taking it on you, but it's just that he's cranky because he has had not not had enough sleep. In which case, you may need to do some uh, intervention. <laughs> yeah, hand it over to someone else higher up who can be yeah. there, you know, the, the bad cop, <laughs> good cop, bad imagine cop. Imagine if all 30 people that you need to work with are doing that every night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and right. day seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, Moe, did you have a question? Mm, not right now, sure. Okay. Well, this is an, an interesting time trying to maneuver through uh, this lockdown and trying to keep your own self moving forward. And uh, a lot of times it becomes very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, stuck. You become stuck because everything is you can't go anywhere you can't meet people you can't do anything so you have to find alternate ways alternative ways of um, inspiring yourself 
and finding new ways or even old new ways to uh, keep yourself moving forward. This is an excellent time to be doing your own self-training. Uh, it's almost like an imposed Helvet. You are in retreat, as it were. You know how that? No, I was thinking. It's isolation. Isolation. Spiritual isolation. And it's uh, uh, almost everybody here. Rukaya's done it. Mui's done it. Uh, Al Alamin, have you done it? Um, I don't think so, Sheikh. No. Okay. No. All right. Excuse me. Um, well, that's one of the purposes of the center is that you can come and go stay in the center, but it has to be more than like five days. Five days is minimum. Three days and you're, you haven't done anything yet. It takes three days to stop. And learning how to stop <laughs> in itself is a very difficult thing to do. We're so used to doing. And one of the things, if you want to go into a retreat or you want to look at um, how to listen to your heart requires you to stop using your brain for a little while. Uh, and, and like video games, we use our brain all the time because it works kind of. <laughs> it, it's an onboard computer and you're used to using it. And just like your mobile phone, it's uh, something you pay attention to a lot. And uh, doing isolation or retreat is stopping that and putting it away. Um, going cold turkey and staying away from the news and, uh, and refocusing your your attention on Allah and uh, Allah's names and Allah's prophets. Just to bring yourself back to reality. The rest of this is illusion. So this is a good time to practice going back into listening to your heart. And listening to your heart means uh, the difference between listening to your brain and listening to your heart, your brain goes, I want, I need, I have to, I should. Uh, and the heart's going, let's do this. Let's do that. This is beautiful. This is nice. There's no I with the heart. And it's very soft and it's very quiet. And it's very nourishing. The heart's not going to argue with you. Uh, if you don't want to listen to the heart, the heart goes, all right. Because this is where Allah is. And Allah is gentle, generally. There's sometimes when he needs to be uh, Jalal. But generally, everything's Jamal especially when, when you're trying to evolve your heart. To evolve the heart is to listen to it and to be obedient to it. And the best way to do that, to practice it, is the very first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, 
if you haven't been awakened by a young person, you, you tune into your heart and go, hi, hello, heart. How are you today? I love you. And the heart goes, I love you. And, and just being, spending some time, just you and your heart is a very nourishing, nurturing kind of thing that you can practice over the day. Uh, of course, when you are working, it's really hard to do that. So you don't do that when you're working. But when you have, can stop and come to a, a bit of a quiet moment, tuning into your heart is what gives you fulfillment and gives you purpose. Questions? Suddenly, I felt that I'm uh, my heart listens something from you. There you go. Okay, good. Yes, uh, we we say that the heart has um, the same senses as our body and more. So you can hear with your heart. You can speak with your heart. You can touch with your heart. And. You can, you know, everything, all the same kinds of things with your heart. You can also travel with your heart. So, comments, questions? Can you explain a bit more about traveling with your heart, too? Okay. One of the things that work in Sufism is learning, and this, I'm not trying to say this in an egotistic way, it's because I had to do it with my sheikh, and that is to listen to the sheikh and follow what the sheikh says, even if it's subtle, and because the idea is the sheikh is a stand-in for your heart, and until you can obey your, a, a human, then it's just as difficult to listen to the heart. So learning how to listen to the sheikh or any of the prophets with your heart and then be obedient to those things allows you to get into practice of being obedient to your heart. Like I said, it's not going to argue about things or it's not going to, oh, you should listen to me. It never does that. It just lets, uh, let's go outside. That's it. it. It's it's very simple, and and then the heart is with you, and you're with the heart, and all of a sudden life becomes meaningful, and you're fulfilled in the present moment. It's when we have shoulds, coulds, uh, resentments, and regrets, grudges, and um, appointments that the heart begins to take a back seat and okay go ahead and do what you need to do i'll, I'll be here um and then you can come back and the heart goes oh there you are here i am let's get back together very soft that's why we learn uh latif as a name of the law why we learn sabur 
and why we learn adab so that we're not pushing, we're not pushing with our will, except when absolutely necessary, like in a job. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, but what's the difference between being with your heart then or listening to your heart and traveling with your heart? No difference. Uh, by, okay. by travel, I meant um, you, can, you can be anywhere with your heart. You can be here and be with somebody else with your shake or with with a loved one or with a prophet or with any any yeah. any being uh, because you're not confined by the body mm -hmm. that's all i meant mm -hmm. so is it like a rabbit sort of style thing is what you're talking about yeah yeah uh, uh. <laughs> Okay, I, I'll just leave it there. There's, there's other things, but this is part of your job is learning about your heart and what gives you nourishment, what helps you grow your heart, what helps it uh, be happy. Uh, and of course, uh, times when it's, it's difficult and your heart feels constrained and compressed and to understand that that's something you're passing through. And like just say, and with every every level of Makam, you're going to be looking at things from that point of view. Whether it's Nasi Amara, Naslawama, not Mukmaina, whatever whatever your reference point and view of the universe is, that is where your heart is. You're seeing things in that form. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sheikh, explain more uh, how how uh, to know either it's a speaking heart, uh, a listening heart, or mm -hmm. uh, your mind. Yeah, uh, a little more. Yeah. Usually, when there's I involved, that's not your heart. That's nefs. And let me just explain again about nefs. Nefs can be anything. It's any kind of uh, attachment that you have, anything that you identify with. If you identify as a man or a woman, that's nefs as well. Because it, there's, there's a discrimination of like, you need to know this. But when you're trying to integrate all these parts of you, you need to understand you're a whole, whole person. And when you push off in like, I'm spiritual, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian, I have this job, I'm, I am this job, I am this business. As soon as you identify with that, you've cut yourself off. And you've just, you've created uh, pieces of yourself. And that's what makes it nest. So you identify with that. But if you, if you can do it in a way that like, I'm really with Allah, I need to put on this appearance of being at work and doing this job. It needs to be done. 
All the prophets had jobs. We have to do the same thing. We're not any different. They were human beings, we're human beings, to do that job and then return back to your heart. Uh, identifying yourself in any one specific way is deaths. Questions? All right. Then what may be helpful for you over the next uh, lifetime is to figure out what, how do you identify? What do you identify with? And not being uh, critical, but being objective about what, what this is and examining it. Now, being a human being, we're always going to have attachments whether it's to another person, whether it's to a community, to a culture, to a family, these are all attachments, but there's good ways to do it and there's not so good ways to do it. And what you're learning as a Sufi is to learn how to do this as best as you can, given the knowledge that Allah is in charge that you don't have power. And when we talk about surrendering to Allah, which is the whole concept of Islam, the surrender to Allah means, yes, I could make all these choices and I could force my will into doing all these things, but instead I give this to Allah so I can be a good servant. So I can do what needs to be done and be connected. That's where we get the concept of Abdallah. Abdallah, the servant of Allah, the slave of Allah. Uh, the idea is, is basically the idea of Fanafallah, that you, you have dissolved into being with Allah. And this is through your heart and through love. And through using, and why we use the tools that we have, which are adab, zikr, and rabita. Clear? Is it questions? What is other and how someone can be more other? Yeah, what are the few baby steps or small okay. things? All right, one should take. All right, so if you've ever met any Turkish people, Iranian people, uh, they are the adopt masters. And if you try and serve them tea, they will serve you tea instead. And if you say, please sit down, they'll go, no, no, you first. And then we have the Adab Wars. Uh, <laughs> it's basically, the concept is putting other people before yourself. 
so that you aren't thinking about you, you're thinking about somebody else. And what this does is it's part of the Sufi practice of getting out of the way so that you aren't thinking about number one. Okay. So, uh, and adopt changes every second. It's, it depends on what's needed in this moment. Um, sometimes it's being of service, basically. If you're being of service and you are just helping another person because it's the right thing to do, that's a love. Hmm. It, and the purpose is to get out of the way and not think about yourself. So you make other people, you, you think about what would make this person comfortable, what makes this person feel safe, how can I be of trust or worthwhileness, trustworthy to this person. Mm-hmm. So that means I have to you know, keep my honor and follow through on my promises. In other words, these are the virtues of the prophet, but trying to embody this in our life. It's tricky day to day, trying to, to stay on top of that. Yeah. Rukaya, you had something? Yeah, I'm just, <clears throat> just, just a little thing with the identity nafs side of things. Um, whenever I'm like talking about the business and everything, and I know it's a bit personal, but just kind of working out how to identify oneself without making it about me and about I'm the one running the business and stuff without sounding really strange as well. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I understand. That's a good question. That's my <laughs> question. And the best way to do it is to think of it as you are, you're not the owner. Allah is the owner. And you're, you're working for the owner. Uh, if there's any money that comes, it's from the owner. So how do you put that into other people language. No, no, no. You don't worry about that with other people. You just, no, no, but without like, while still acknowledging that Allah is the boss of whatever we're doing yeah, and the one in charge of it, whilst, I don't know, it's, it's the, the technicality of the language of like, am I the founder of the business or is this, do I, do we run the business or how do I kind of explain it? You don't. You no. don't. Okay. No. That's just between you and Allah. You know who runs the business. You're just, you're just the, uh, uh, like you, you, it's your franchise. You bought a franchise and you're just operating as the manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I feel like I'm always being put in the position. I know this is very different to a lot of other people where you're working for someone else. Um, and I guess I'm trying to understand how to work for myself, i.e. a lot. Yeah. Okay. The, the way I do it, because I've been working for myself all my life, is if you ever see a, a paycheck or there's money that comes in, you say, shukran ya Allah, thank you. That's it. You just say, you know where this comes from. Mm. It came because Allah wished it so. Doesn't mean that you didn't put a lot of work into it. Right? Mm. Yeah. It's not your money. 
It's his money. And yeah. he is the provider. Go, go and do it with a Uber. The passenger thinks that they are the, they are the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're paying you the fare. Yeah. <laughs> good. That's good. Sorry, what was that? I missed it. Uh, for Uber, he was saying, oh, go ahead and say it again, Rizwan. I said, go and, go and drive for Uber. Take your car. It's your car, or what Allah has given you as your car. But still, the passenger thinks that he's, he's running the whole thing because he's paying the fare. You're not the boss. Mm. The boss is driving the car. <laughs> yes. You just happen to be there. That's basically it, yeah. That's it, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Alameen, something? No, I'm, I'm okay, Shake. thanks. Well, I, I would think in regards to being a therapist, mm. what you're trying to do is get out of the way and allow yourself to listen and do Rabita with that client and be able to hear what they're really saying, not what the words are saying. Mm. Yeah, I've tra been trying to hold that as an intention, um, Shake, yeah. Yeah, because most people, the words that they're using are, let's call it 10% of the information that's mm. being relayed. Yeah. Go ahead. So, Sheikh, uh, uh, the the two things, other, in the Ravita, uh, uh, just just realized one point. So, uh, wanted your uh, view on it. That other are the the virtues which you embodied, or you engrave in your in your heart and mind, your actions and everything. You you keep you keep other people's first, the virtues of a prophet. And Rabita is a, is a vehicle or is, a con, is that connection which is transferring those things mm. from your sheikh mm. and, or your from, or from prophet mm. through a chain to your heart. Mm -hmm. So heart holds all the virtues, mm. the virtues you have to bring here. Mm -hmm. So it manifests in your actions, mm -hmm. but it comes through Rabita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so these two things work like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in this in this situation, where zikr comes, then how it third point joins. Okay. Uh, the way that that we look at zikr is our body is doing zikr, and every living thing is doing zikr. But we have the choice to recognize it and to do it out of choice. So our heart is going Allah. Allah, Allah. Our breath is going, whoo, whoo. And all, all the animals, you'll hear them, the birds doing all their zikr and everything. We can choose to do our zikr and say, la ilaha illallah, Allah, Allah. Um, and <clears throat> my way of looking at this is like your heart Okay, the body's like a car, and the battery has died. What do you do? You get the charger cables out, you hook it up to another car, and start the car up. Those, that battery and charge cables is zikr. 
or being around the sheikh or or other murids or peers or prophets where your heart goes, oh, I'm alive. Oh, fantastic. And then you're, you're really happy after doing zikr and get, you're all charged up and then it starts to lose its energy. And you need a new zikr again. You got to zikr it up again until finally the car has is able to recharge itself and keep going on its own. That's for the mechanics out there. <laughs> but everybody's had a dead car, so you know what I'm talking about. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Ah, excellent. <sighs> That's right. Yes, we'll call the NRMA. <laughs> <laughs> Quite so. Okay. Uh, anything else? Any other questions or comments? My brain was kind of thinking when you guys were talking about the Zika, about like the body's already doing the Zika. It's kind of like making the mind and the mouth do the Zika. Yes. Well, bringing the brain and the heart <laughs> online. Yeah. Uh, and, and the charge, and you feel the charge after you do zipper, you know, and you go, yeah, I'm alive. And then you go through work and, you know, horrible things happen. Somebody spills the milk and you have to clean stuff up. Somebody breaks something. And by the end of the day, it's like, it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. And, and you have to re-zick. I just made that up. Rizik. I like it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> All right then. Yasmin, anything you want to say? Um, not really. I might talk to you a bit later, but um, uh, just going back to what Rakar was saying, and I don't know if this helps, but um, what what I'm doing with the business is is. I, I just somehow, I don't know why, I never say I, I always say we. And people say to me, who's the we? Have you got a partner? You know, like, and I, I sort of really get stuck with that because I know what the we is, <laughs> right? Um, and you just go, just move on, basically. There's no need to explain. Yeah. No, but you can say my staff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm very lucky that I've got Gary, so it's always a we. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that definitely helps though. Yeah. Okay, good. All right. Yakana Bodoa Yakana Stain, Idina Serata Mustakim, Serata Ladzin and Amta Lehim, Hyder Machdubi Lehim, Walla Darin Amin. Shukran, Salam Alaikum. Shukran, Salam Shaykh. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Salam, have a good week. Yep, you have a great week. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.
Salam alaikum, Marids, seekers, curious, and interested listeners. We appreciate you and are happy to share our Sufi message. Your donation will help support our Sufi center in Sydney, where we do zikr, sobat, spiritual counseling, and healing services. We believe the message should be free, but it costs equipment, rental, services, software, and hardware to get this to you. So thank you for choosing our podcast among all the millions available. If you go to our website, ansarisufiorder.org, you will be able to donate through PayPal whatever you think this information is worth to you. Blessings and love, the Australian Ansari Sufi Order.